What's good, fam? Welcome to Saturday. Haha. <laughs> it's one week before the Valentine's weekend. That's crazy. Really crazy. But what's crazier is that we have an amazing guest coming into our station today. Her name is Sally, and there's so much we're going to talk about. So, you ready? Stay tuned. Hey, Sally. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the playroom. I'm excited. You know what you should do? Yeah. I'm taking a photo of the, of the podcast setup because I can post it on social later. Okay. Let's actually do a quick um, snapshot. Hold on. Let me record this. One, two, three. Okay. Let's okay. take a quick snapshot. One, two, three. Smile. Got it. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You look so nice this morning. This afternoon, actually. Thanks for giving me the grace for the extra time. You're welcome. I, I, I took my time. I mean, I, had, I was on another call that ran long. And then I was like, wait, I'm not even set up. So I, so I had to ask you, like, if I need to, like, look right, if this is going to be, you know, broadcasted as it is. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Finally, we've been able to actually get into this space because this is a different place than you would see on social media or even on clubhouse where we met so (laughs) shout out to clubhouse shout out to clubhouse for sure it's it's amazing that you know you're out here doing what you do that you love because that's what everybody likes to do once in a year or at least once with their family so you're the right person to talk about this because i think you have more experience than anybody listening right now if i'm not mistaken so i definitely think this is a place to you know you know iron sharpens iron so if you know something you can know always something better to work with and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So, first of all, let them know who you are because they're wondering, who is this speaking? (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Your platform is great. So, I'm very appreciative that you did reach out. And thanks to Clubhouse, we got to meet. So, shout out to Clubhouse. My name is Sally G. Um, I am Kenyan uh, living in the U.S. So, I've been living in the U.S. now for about 19 years. I am a travel enthusiast, so I absolutely enjoy travel. So I've traveled to about 40 countries to date, majority of those solo. So in any conversation I have with anybody, I mean, the travel part always comes up with such a huge passion of mine. So I always like to share what I've learned, you know, how I can spare someone from making a mistake that I probably made. Or if I could help them travel further and longer without breaking the bank, you know what? If, if I, they can learn that from me, I feel like I've won. So that's my mission in life is to really um, get people excited about traveling the world. I know it's tricky right now with COVID, for sure. Uh, it's limited with all the restrictions. But I want people to get excited again because hopefully with the vaccine being here now, once we all get it, we'll have more confidence to get out. And um, the reason behind that is because our world is so beautiful. And you'll never get to actually experience it until you get out to certain places. You can only read so much or watch so much TV, which is where most of my inspiration came from. But being in certain places does something to you. It changes you. Like the global um, 
intelligence that you acquire just from travel, the connections you make with people that you have never met, uh, the respect you earn of other people who are very different from you in terms of how they were raised, their values, their religion, and being able to get along, just that human factor just moves me to no end. And again, the world is truly beautiful and everyone should get out and see it. So I talk about that a lot, which I know is what we're going to be discussing today. Yeah, that's amazing. 40 countries. Did you plan this 40 countries or did they just happen to you because you're in that space? It wasn't planned. Uh, What I will say is I've had the desire since I was very young. Since I was a kid, I was that child who, no kidding, when we were in the playground uh, with the rest of the kids, I would look up and see a plane over me. And I always wonder, like, who was on that? Who's on the plane? Where are they going? I wonder if they're going to some exotic location. And mind you, I was a little girl in Nakuru, Kenya. So they're probably just flying, like, domestic within the country. Yeah. But I always had the fantasy that these people were going to, like, the most amazing destinations. Wow. And I wanted to be part of that. Since I was a kid, I wow. was fascinated by that. And then my dad... um loves to travel as well. We didn't travel internationally, but we did travel uh, throughout the country by road. So it was mm. always exciting to look forward to these trips. And you can imagine as a kid, you're kind of impatient as well. Yeah. There yet. There's that excitement and anticipation of arriving at the destination. So I've always, always had it in me to want to explore. So it didn't happen until, well, I travel in, in the country mostly, obviously. Okay. But obviously books, comic strips, like Tintin was my favorite comic, comic, comic book. Hey. He traveled the world. So yeah. The book is actually called The Adventures of Tintin. Exactly. So I got to like just read and see him go to all these fascinating places I've never heard of, about. So books and movies and books always made me excited about it. Wow. But, I didn't leave the country until I was nine. No, not 19. I'm sorry. I tried to when I was 19, but I never got the visa to come to the U.S. to study. So I tried. It was at the third try when I was 22 years old that I got to come to the U.S. Wow, you were persistent. (laughs) (laughs) At that time, I really wasn't. I'd given up. But my mom kind of pushed pushed me to do it because she knew the desire that I had. I mean, I wanted to study, but the travel part aspect of it was there. Wow, that just took me back too because it reminds me of when we went in Nairobi and we were had the chance to travel because the one thing is that my parents love traveling too, so I picked it up from them. And it's also their anniversary today, so shout out to them. <laughs> How many years? They are going in 28 years. I'm yeah, telling you, it's, five it's, years is a lot. Okay, twenty-eight. My goodness. Yeah, we need to find out what's the what's the secret. What what's the happening? secret? <laughs> I honestly feel like the secret would be. I mean, I don't know the secret because I'm not twenty-eight years into marriage, you know. So, but I definitely know that from what I've seen from them growing up, you know, seeing the family that they raised and how we were able to communicate and especially be friends with strangers and also allow, like you said, human touch, human connection, spiritual connection. It's not just, oh, you're a stranger. I'm not going to talk to you. This might be your destiny helper. This might be your next stepping stone. So you don't want to put someone down because they're not from your tribe or they're not from your country or they're not from your space or they're not 
going to the same place you eat. So it's different how you, I, I got to see that. And one day it was a completely up to me decision to make because it was like either we're getting DSTV or we're going to Mombasa because I wanted both. <laughs> and this was my first time. Yeah, Mombasa, Kenya. And it was like, Favor, you make the decision. And I was like, huh, if we have the DSTV, we're going to stay. We're going to have it, have it, but we're not going to travel. But if we travel, at least I can be able to enjoy. So I picked, <laughs> I picked Mombasa and I was like, okay, let's do it. And then when, when we got there, we got back, the DSTV was there now. I was like, oh, wow, that was a really cool trick that we were able to now go to a place we've never been. And then every, ever since that time, I always kept going Watamu, some beautiful places. So for you, I can imagine how you've seen these things evolve from just an early childhood. That's why I said you brought me back because I was like, wait a minute. I remember when we used to travel and it was an, it was a beautiful experience, but there's a difference between, bonding. yes, bonding, bonding. Yeah encourage parents to take their children when they travel to take them places most parents think maybe my child is too young they may not appreciate this uh, experience but so many of my memories my favorite memories are from when i was very young and going to new places and i'm so glad i wasn't denied that opportunity mm. because it got me curious and it opens it opens up your mind in so many ways i'm also very impressed with you that at a young age you chose experiences over something monetary like cable tv i mean yes as, as much as we like it for the entertainment value you chose an experience yeah and i tell people this all the time like let me tell you money comes and goes money really does come and go especially with traveling it doesn't yeah time doesn't and i say when you buy experiences you do not you're not losing it makes you richer so for me, I, I travel again is my passion, but I say travel is a thing. Well, I didn't say someone said it, but I agree with it. Yeah. That travel is the only thing you buy that makes you richer. Wow. Say that again. Travel is the only thing you buy that makes you richer. Yeah, that, that had to be it's emphasized. Not it's not, it's what it does for you and for your soul. Yeah. Um, it, it does so much more for you than just, you know, spending money on like like for instance people have the option on a weekend when we used to be able to you go out to the club you want to do the bottle service you could end up spending about two thousand dollars on a weekend true then i'm like i'm like look and you're still in your own city i said but look on the flip side i can get a deal online which we're gonna get into it later in this talk in this conversation yeah but i'm eight i was able to go to say barcelona for a weekend barcelona spain and spend less than $600 for that entire trip. What? So I'm like, what would I pick? Do I go to Barcelona or do I just go to a club in town and spend that money and have nothing to show for it? That's a that's a strong one you just gave them. <laughs> Who would not pick Barcelona over a weekend that you've been in 20, 20 times, 50 times? And mind you, there's a time and place for everything. Clubbing is good. We need to we need that interaction with our friends to bond. Music is great. I'm all into that. Yeah. But you know, there's certain ways you can spend your money better. That's you can true. Stretch your money farther if you travel smarter. 
So I, it's not even just about travel, it's about many things in life that you could do as opposed to spending money in a, in a frivolous manner. Yeah, that would bring me to my very first question. <laughs> How can you afford to travel? Like, I don't even want to ex- like expand on that because I want you to take that as an open-ended question and just tell us your thoughts. Just give us a breakdown. It's my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> and I'll tell you why it's my favorite thing to talk about. It's because um, I will say in 2016, I had a full-time job. I was earning a modest pay. And I mean, like, one, by modest, I'm talking about, I think, at the time... No, that was before, like, I, right before I got a promotion, but I wasn't earning that much money, to be honest. I think it's probably maybe 50000 a year, or maybe less. I don't quite remember it keenly, and that's not too long ago. Things did change eventually, but that time, not quite. But I, I had a full-time job, and I traveled to seven international... I traveled every quarter abroad. Wow. Well, that year, I did seven countries that one year. And even during the weekend, I was able to still travel within the U.S. And the question I got the most from people was, how are you able to do this that much with a full-time job? Secondly, how are you able to afford it? Because people have this assumption that if you're traveling that much, you probably you have a lot of money or you're wealthy, maybe trust fund, kid. There's always things that they throw out at you. Right. Or a man is paying for you. As a female, it always comes to someone else is like taking you on these trips and things. And it was hard for them to believe that I was going on this trip solo. That was one thing. Mm-hmm. My own boss, my own boss who knew how much she was paying me, obviously, was like, how are you able to do this? Like, what exactly are you doing to be able to do this much? And, and you know, it, it, I got asked that question so much and so many uh, misconceptions came up that I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this. I'm to tell people it's no rocket science honestly there's no uh, tricks or gimmicks that you need to do yeah. you're not scamming either because that we know that's the thing that happens but you can travel uh you can travel like you, it's, i'll call it like you can travel well without having to break the bank you don't have to like be mm. and everybody has a different travel style i prefer more the luxury side i will say that because i have worked in hospitality for nice. so many years so working in a hotel and so I'll begin with that part. So because of working in a hotel, um, we get employee discounts. Okay. So whenever I travel to any part of the world, so I worked for Marriott, which is now the largest hospitality brand in the world because they ended up buying Starwood, uh, Starwood properties a few years ago. And just uh, both of when they came together, it just became the largest hospitality company. But the advantage of that is we get employee discounts, which sometimes are really deep discounts. Where okay. I could be, um, maybe some, Paris is a little bit more. Some cities are more expensive than others. Yeah. But I could find a room for fifty dollars a night. What? Where someone is paying? Someone is probably paying. I would say maybe their rate for the night is maybe two hundred and above. Mm. But if I put my little employee discount code in there, depending on the season, the rates can fluctuate. Or season and demand. So, um, so with the employee discount, I was able to afford to stay in a nicer place, you know, for a lot less. Do people know about this employee discount or is this something that you have to, like someone has to tell you? People who work in the industry do because they take okay. advantage of it. There's also friends and family discount. 
So I don't work on Marriott now, but I still have friends in the industry. So I could always ask them, and you know, it's 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 a favor really that you're asking someone because you know they're putting their name on the line by kind of co-signing for you. Right. When someone gives when someone gives you their form, their name is attached to it. Exactly. So you just get to use hotel and act crazy and do because trust me, it, it can cost somebody's job. So you can't just get that from anybody. But if you know someone in the industry, they can get you a discount. So that's one way. And then the second thing I I talk about besides having that employee discount and knowing because some people again people don't have that knowledge exactly so if you work for the company and get the discount or um, if you don't if you have a friend who is in the industry they can extend their benefit to you if they so choose to so the employee discount is a lot less if you work for the company the friends and family discount is probably usually be a little bit higher maybe thirty dollars more okay. So the employees get more a, a better deal, right? Because they work for the company. So there's that. Another thing to consider: do not. I, I always say, if you're trying to stretch your dollars, don't travel during peak season. Travel during off season. When is the peak season and off season in travel world? It, it depends on so many. It depends on your region. That's what I would say. Um, so Europe, for instance, I'll start with Europe. Europe. In the Europe and in the U.S. in general, summertime is peak season for travel because think about it: the kids are out of school, so most parents are going on these trips. Most yeah. will travel during the, the summertime. The weather is nice or favorable, if you will. Um, but so spring and summer, but summer is usually high season in the U.S. and also in Europe. So that's what if you were to try to find anything, it's it's gonna be because of demand is high. Their prices are also higher. Exactly. But guess what? If you just wait, maybe until the end of that season, and this doesn't apply to everyone. If you're a family person, obviously you travel when the time is available. When exactly. You travel and do all those things. So it gets tricky when you have to consider other people in that way. For me, as a solo traveler, or I would say maybe a single lady with friends. We can say, you know what? Summertime is expensive. You know, we're not gonna quite get the discounts that we like. Hotels will be overpriced. Everything will be overpriced, really. Yeah. Why don't we travel like in September, for instance? So if you go to Europe in September or the U.S., the weather is in the fall. Like some are going into fall. The weather is still very nice, and you can explore. But guess what? Just because of the fact that kids are back in school, no kidding. Rates will go down considerably. That's a big one. So traveling during the off season is a great way to you know stretch your money. Right, because I'm thinking about it like this in a way where if you're traveling in the peak season, you're going to a, a place that you actually want to be there. So if everyone wants to be there at the same time, chances are you might bump into your friends. So you feel like you're meeting people outside, but you're still outside, and Another thing is if you're traveling to that particular place and you're going in the off season, then you're actually visiting that place with no hesitation, with no stress. It's like a normal day. And that's what you want to find out. It's not crowded. So like, say you want to go to Paris, one of my favorite cities. If you were to go to Paris in the summertime and you want to go see the Eiffel Tower, my gosh, that Trocadero is one of the places where you get the best view of the Eiffel Tower. There's a platform. And you, the Eiffel Tower is like right in front of you when you're on Trocadero. That place is so crowded in the summertime, you're literally bumping into other people. Wow. 
Like, but you go there at a different time, and the winter time is not as crowded. But Paris is usually kind of crowded because it's Paris. Mm-hmm. People are But I, I always say, if you go to, so there's that one of not traveling, uh, of going traveling during the off-peak season, right? Yeah. Second of all, traveling to places that are not as popular. So I brought up Paris. Everybody wants to go. Maybe it's been their dream to go there. They want to be photographed with the Eiffel Tower. There are certain places like if you go to India, the Taj Mahal. I haven't been, but it's, it's one of my places that I want to visit. If you go, just think of any place that has like a huge landmark or yeah. iconic landmark. Think about Australia and the Sydney, you know, the opera, the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. Everybody knows what it looks like from photos or the bridge. Mm-hmm. So certain places. So those attractions, when I tell you during, so, I mean, those places are known for that. So they're going to be busy for the most part of the year. Yeah. And you can simply choose a place that you didn't even consider that is so beautiful you actually get to interact with the locals better because if you went to paris like in the summertime you're meeting other tourists exactly you're running into are going to be maybe the hotel staff maybe those are the locals maybe or you know restaurants and things like that but when when you go to certain places like for me i'll mention the place that i never really considered that much which was croatia because mm. people look at Greece. People look at there's some places that get most attention. Yeah. Like Greece will get like Santorini. We all want to go there when you see the blue waters and the white and blue buildings. Mykonos is one of those. You know the the paved lanes that are painted on. I mean, there's some. It's just so beautiful and it, it, it's worth a visit. But people also tend to overlook another option still in Europe, but like Eastern Europe is much cheaper much cheaper than Western Europe. And Western Europe is like, say, London, you know, Paris, all of that is Western Europe. Yeah. Eastern Europe is where you get Croatia, Bosnia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Montenegro, um, Serbia. Austria is also in that area too, because you can easily take a bus. But I went to Croatia with no expectations. Mm. And my mind was blown. In my opinion, Croatia is way better than Greece. But Greece gets the most attention. Maybe that is so and funny. And Croatia became more popular because, you know, Game of Thrones shot there. Oh. shot there. Like, Dubrovnik is where they shot King's Landing. Okay. Yes. And then in Split, they have some scenes that, you know, you'll notice. But whoever picked that location clearly is a location scout. They figured out a place that wasn't crowded. And yeah. they got everything that was incredible about the show. So... Croatia has become more popular over the years because of that. Mm. But it wasn't always like that. And it's so much cheaper than being in Paris or London. So you can imagine the water is incredible. The Dalmatian coast, my God. So it's got both natural beauty from like the fauna and the flora. And then the people are also so warm, which makes it so beautiful. How's the food? The food I enjoyed. I actually truly enjoyed it. I have lots of meat and potatoes. Okay. And then I have a Kenyan friend there, so she knew like how to find foods that we would like. Mm. So I went there for a week and I stayed for for three months. <laughs> so I always encourage people like, please don't uh, overlook places that are not you don't hear about a lot. Then they're not insta. People don't talk about them on Instagram that much. Mm. You'll be very surprised. It's those destinations where you it will cost you a lot less and you'll have a much better experience as well. That's beautiful. So that's that's another point, yeah. How how are you able to afford these places? Yeah. Um, another option is 
you know, people are always looking at the traditional ways of like accommodation. They look mm-hmm. at hotels first. And there's so many options now, especially like with Airbnb being here for a few years that yeah. we've had it. But Airbnb, the reason I actually love Airbnb for me is you get to stay in some of the most unique accommodation styles. Okay. And when you think about an Airbnb, you can rent like an entire home. Right. So you have a lot more freedom to get around because hotels, as much as I like them and the luxury they bring sometimes, they're kind of restrictive. Mm. When you say, especially if you're, if you're with friends, it's so much better to get like at this sick ass house, like you can rent yeah. for next to nothing. Like my friends and I did a few years ago. We went to Bali, and we stay. And I'll send you the photos, which you can share when you do share this on YouTube. But I'm telling you, this place it was a villa, hmm. and the most serene place. I mean, gosh. The, and so let me just tell you, it was eight hundred dollars for the week. What? When you see this place, you will not believe. Yes, it came with a with an infinity pool as well. Oh so my goodness! And it came with staff. We had staff to wait on us. So we got food. So breakfast was included. That eight hundred. There's a welcome dinner, and then you can pay for like for other meals if you want as you go. Okay. But for, it was four of us, so it just cost us two hundred dollars for the entire week. If you see this place. Nobody believes me when I tell them, but when they obviously go to uh, to um, Airbnb, they can see those listings. Exactly. Stay in a castle. No they way. Airbnb. You can live on a boat, like boats that have been transformed into like a living space. Yeah. Creative, and they open up their places in that way. So that's the best thing about Airbnb. It's gonna cost you way less than a hotel for the most part, and you get so much freedom and the uniqueness that it brings. This everything you said just sounds individually aesthetic. My goodness, it's oh my! That experience taught me so much. Um, I did that in Barcelona as well, where I stayed in an Airbnb. Okay. Actually, that changed my experience. So Barcelona, the hotels I traveled in to Barcelona, I think it was September. There must have been a big event going on in the city because all the hotels were nothing. Even my employee discount wasn't working for me. Because the, when, when there's demand, the first thing they do is take out discounted rates. Okay. Because they can make the money. So, like, if you travel, say if you travel to New York during New Year's Eve, everybody goes to New York, you know, to watch the, the ball drop. Yeah. So, you know, hotels are priced so high because tourists, whoever's staying there will pay. Exactly. Yeah, so they know there's demand. So, when I went to Barcelona, there was an event. Either there was a soccer match, something was going on. So, hotels were, yeah, very expensive. Wow. So I found this place on Airbnb that was thirty dollars a night. I, I had to share with the owner. I'd never done that before. The owner was a female, and I'm uncomfortable sharing my space with other people usually. But I, I, I picked it, and I never regretted it. She was one of the warmest hosts, and to this day, I've never stayed with anybody else because I'm usually with friends. We get our own place. Yeah. That was the chance that I had to live with someone. I mean, I, she stayed there. And then she opened up her beautiful home to me, and because she hosts a lot of tourists, she's well versed in like she has like like books and pamphlets and things prepared like to get you ready to explore her city. Mm. So you get you get insider info from the host. That is beautiful. And hotels you can too. Well, hotels have a concierge department, and the staff will tell you things that you don't find maybe on Pinterest or or whatever. They'll tell you like even like. 
like the mom and pops places you can go they'll yeah. tell you like places to go that gives you value for your money and not tourist traps because there's so many tourist traps wow <laughs> very many speaking so of a quick, a quick tip i would give about the tourist traps yes it's okay to sit and dine in a place where i'm sitting here and you can see the eiffel tower behind me it makes for a great instagram photo it really does but let me tell you what happens with these restaurants they get so many people coming and going coming it's tourists locals right. don't go there just like new yorkers will tell you they cannot stand being in um times square <laughs> you know because it's just very touristy yeah so the people who come into these restaurants that are close to um an iconic like structure or anything those restaurants know you're coming and go you never come back so they never give you their best service you're transient mm. usually rude as can be especially for me in paris i don't i don't i've not really experienced rudeness per se but yeah. it's there wow it's there. but if you go a few blocks away from that place yeah even to an inner street you will find a restaurant where they're so happy to have you there they care about reviews because they want you to actually they'll give you the best service so you can review them and people will know about it. Yeah. So they go a long ways. Like even the mom and pops, you know, their marketing is not as uh, as big. They're not near anything that's major that would attract somebody. So they actually do a lot more to give you better service. So, yeah, I always think about that. Yes, get that uh, go to that attraction and dine and have a drink at that place for the experience. But if you're staying for a week, try and do local experiences. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Yeah. I would definitely Yeah, that would actually even bring me to my next question. How do you get over the fear of solo travel because you said you travel with your friends sometimes, sometimes you're by yourself. So, how does that play a role for you? So, majority of the time I actually do travel solo. And the reason I travel solo is because I got disappointed so many times. You know, we make plans with friends. Oh my gosh, I found this deal online. So, speaking of deals, you just asked me a question, but it takes me back to the previous question. Okay. So, there are websites that are dedicated to finding new airline deals, like incredible deals. And they post them on Twitter in real time. And even like glitch fairs, like for instance, um, to err is human. Every one of us makes mistakes. Mistakes, including people who work for airlines. Sometimes they'll post the wrong rate by mistake. And these people are so good at finding them and posting them. Mm. And if you don't react immediately, that rate is gone. Because as soon as someone realizes, oh my gosh, I made a mistake on the rate, and they go to fix it, it's gone. But if you book it, while the mistake had happened, they have to honor the rate. Exactly. Like a few, five, five years ago, there was a, a huge mistake that Etihad Airlines did. They had a flight from New York to Abu Dhabi for $215. A glitch fare. It was supposed to, it was on Christmas. So I think someone was trying to get the holiday off. They were probably just tired. And instead of typing $1215, was supposed to be $1215, they left out that one and posted $215. And at the time, Travel Noir wasn't as big as they are now. And there were a few other places that I used to follow. And they would post these things like, oh my gosh, there's this deal. So you book, you have to book it right away. I reached out to a friend of mine who loves to travel. I was like, oh my God, do you see this deal? To go to Abu Dhabi is, is $215. And we're like, I know you're in California. I'm in Atlanta. It's going to cost us so much less 
to just get a ticket, a return ticket from Atlanta and for you from California. Yeah. Meet up in New York. It's only going to be $215 to go to Abu Dhabi. It will still cost you less than $500. This exactly. So these places are actually on um they're on Twitter. So their websites are uh, so there's the airfare deal. The airfare the, no the, the airfare deal. Let me start over. Let me start over. The flight deal. Okay. Flightdeal.com is one of them. Okay. And then the, the airfarespot.com. So it's the flight deal dot com and the air the, and airfare spot not that but it's airfarespot.com okay so airfarespot.com and the flight deal and the flight deal that one does have the t-h-e the flight deal.com okay and those two websites if you even go there today i mean of course right now they know there's covid they're not trying to encourage people to travel and there's a huge disclaimer on their website that i saw the other day okay tell you that they will not be posting deals until after uh, anything before march Okay. So they have from March moving forward, so you can get March of this year, which is 2021. But you can get um, deals for say even later in the year. Just book it anyway. Mm. You get, you get. Oh my gosh! When I tell you this glitch fairs are incredible, and I, I, I use them all the time. So I also tell people sometimes your city may not be a good hub. Like think about Atlanta. We've started getting a lot more deals on airfare spot. You get deals for Atlanta a lot, okay. but a lot of the ones you get on the flight deal go with the hubs like New York. New York gets the best airline deals because I think every airline in the world can land in, the, in in New York. Yeah. But Atlanta, they're restricted because of Delta. Mm. Emirates does not fly here. There's so many airlines that don't fly into Atlanta. If you book them, you have to book a, a domestic flight to go to another destination to fly. So what I tell people, New York is going to get the best deal most of the time. Houston is another one. California, they also get some pretty good deals for Asia. Okay. So I always say, for me, since Atlanta may not have the deal, and I see a deal say from Houston, I did that a few years ago when I went to Thailand. I flew to Houston because there was a deal for eight hundred dollars to go to Thailand from Houston. Hmm. So I flew. I had points, so I used my points, my my, my miles, to fly to Houston. Got to see my friends, spend the night there, and then flew to Thailand. It would have cost me about maybe fourteen hundred dollars from Atlanta. Yeah. So flying to another city actually saved me money. Okay. So that's another option. So that's another option. Don't always think that you, your flight has to originate from 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 your own your home city. Yeah. You can fly to another city to get a deal if you see those deals on those websites I mentioned. Wow. So, and, and those deals when they when they post them so if you follow them on Twitter Twitter is the best place to follow them okay and you have to turn on the alerts you will get a lot of alerts some don't apply to you but every once in a while you get a deal you cannot say no to hmm. perfect example we flew to Bali with friends of mine the Bali trip I mentioned the yeah. Airbnb we paid four hundred dollars to go to Bali from Chicago. That's unheard you of. You cannot beat that. You cannot beat that at all. So Chicago wow. is another hub that gets Chicago is O'Hare. You get they, they have the best some of the best deals because there are a lot more international flights go flying into in, into that city. Mm. So yeah, go to another city, especially if you 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 don't you you don't you're not checking a bag. You if you're traveling with a carry on, it's perfect. Your bag will be with you at all time because what happens when you're flying like that? If a flight is delayed, it delays. 
it delays the whole process. Like if you're delayed from Atlanta, you'll miss your international flight. Wow. So you have to kind of plan it in a way. They, they, yeah, you have to be very strategic again. But if you fly with, with carry-on, you have your bag with you at all time. Exactly. So, <laughs> I don't fly with carry-on. I'll be honest, I don't. Okay. You have to check bag, but yeah. Because I was about to say, I was about to say when you when you when you spent a weekend and ended up in three months, I was like, okay, either you planned it, which you didn't, so but you know, was intentional because I had quit my oh, job. Oh, so that was like an excursion for you. I didn't have a full-time job. I had quit my full-time job to travel. Okay. So I had the freedom to extend my stay in Croatia. That's beautiful. 